You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin today by calling in the spirits. And I call out to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us. I call out to those who lived well and died well, who stand at our back, on whose shoulders we stand, those on whose bones we stand. These are the people that went before us, and I call out to those who lived in a good way to help us in this time. I call out especially to those people that lived at the time of the change between worlds, people who had the responsibility to write the new story of the people. And I ask for those ancestors to join us here today and to share with us their lessons and their teachings, to be with us in each day, be in our dreams at night, whisper in our ears, and help to guide us in a good way in this most auspicious time that we are living. So I give thanks to the ancestors for gathering around us here today. And as they stand in support, let us stand ourselves on firm ground. So let us draw our energy from our head to our heart and our heart to our belly and from our belly into the earth. Let us make the choice to be grounded and to be here now and extend our energy down through all the layers of the earth into the very center of the earth and to offer to the earth our gratitude. Gratitude for life. Gratitude for the beauty and diversity and wonder and change in this life that we all share. We give thanks for the miracle of life, for the journey that has brought us to this moment, to the moment itself, And for all that is to come, we give thanks to the earth. We give thanks to the earth for the wonder of her dreaming that brought life as we experience to the face of this planet. And we call her energy up to assist us as we participate in this time of life. Manifest in form the ones who are doing what needs to be done. So we call up to the energy of the earth so that we can do what needs to be done from a place of grounded sensibility. From a place of trustworthiness and accountability. I call out to the energy of the earth to help us to create a sense of home that travels with us, a sense of home that is not uh, connected only to the past or to a place, but is a quality of self-awareness that we bring with us and share with others. We call out to the energy of the earth to help us to create a sense of hearth, a sense of belonging, a sense of continuity with those who have gone before us and those who are coming. And we call out to the energy of the earth to help us to understand connection and interconnection, the energies of gathering and cultivating, and also the energies of connecting into the great oneness of things and finding our place in that. And may we come to understand our right relationship with ourself from that oneness, our right relationship with each other, our right relationship with our environment and with the spirit world. And let us live in a way that respects and honors and understands that fundamental energetic reality of the oneness of all things. 
And so with the earth energy rising up into our bodies like a bubbling cool freshwater spring on a hot, hot day, we draw in that refreshment and replenishment and nourishment up into our bodies so that we are able to rise from the belly to the heart and the heart to the mind and out through the crown chakra on the top of our head all the way up through all the layers of the sky and all the way rising to the highest power of the universe. And they're connected to the highest power of the universe. Let us take a moment and give thanks. And to begin to draw in the energies from above, we draw in all the wisdom of the cosmos. And with that, we draw in blessing and protection, generosity, devotion, benevolence. These energies that are essential energies from from that which we call down from above. And we ask this energy to come into our lives today to inspire us, to enliven our day and to help us to find joy and playfulness as we set about the task of living our soul's true purpose. And so as we draw this energy down from above, we draw the sky energy down into our head, into our heart and our belly. And within our bodies, the energy of the sky dances with the energy of the earth and comes into the exact perfect blend for you here today. And in that dance, in that connection, in that interplay of these two energies, we feel into the big love, that, that energy, that dynamic, that complementary dualism from which all form, as we experience it, is born. And we ask this big love to be vital and strong within us and to awaken the spirit of the heart. And so we call out to the energy of the heart spirit to join us here today as well and to be a good and strong crucible in this day, to call up the fiery passions of the belly and the crystal cool clarity of the mind, to draw that energy down and to mix these energies together in such a way that neither is destroyed and both are revealed as their own true essence. And in that revelation, our soul's purpose is born. And let that third energy emerge in our heart so that we are able to take some action today, large or small, to bring our gifts and our true soul's purpose out into the world. And may we find in our heart the courage to do so. So with the spirits gathered round, the earth below, the sky above, and our heart connecting it all, we give thanks to that help. And I also give thanks to those of you that have helped me to support this show and to keep it alive and on the air and free to those who are able to connect through a computer. It's a, it's a great gift that you all are giving to humanity, in a sense, not to be grandiose, but lots of humanity can log on. And if they can log on, they can get to the teachings and they can do that because of you. And so I give thanks to you, Paula, Michael, Daisy. Patricia and Gracie, and all the listeners who have donated financially to the show that help me to pay the bills that keep the show alive and on the air. Um, if the show is meaningful to you in any way, it means you've been moved in the heart, whether you're moved uh, into peace and love and kindness or moved into frustration. That is still a movement of the heart. And I ask you to act on that fundamental shamanic principle that what moves us in the heart motivates our actions. So I ask you to let your heart motivate your actions. And if you are able to donate to Why Shamanism Now, you can go to the site, whyshamanismnow.com, click the support button and donate any amount, large or small. We are grateful for all of it. Every ruble, penny or pound goes to keeping the show on the air. And without it, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I thank you all. And I thank those of you that keep the show alive in the many other ways, by linking and connecting um, on your own social network, 
um, internet status kinds of things to raise the profile of the website itself. For those of you who live the practices, I am deeply grateful. For those of you who share with me how you're doing that, I'm grateful. And for those of you who send in ideas for the shows or questions, all of this keeps the show alive and vital and um, responding to the living and that's that's who we are. And so I give thanks to all of you that are helping me to do something that is useful for people at this time. And so in particular, today's show is in response to a listener's questions. I thought it was a very good question. And so today's show is specifically about living your soul's purpose. We've done shows about your soul's purpose, about how it's the core of your well-being, about um, how you find it. Um, lots of things, how challenging it to follow the messages of spirit. We've done shows that many aspects of living your soul's purpose, because frankly, that's really all I teach shamanically. But nonetheless, um, our, our Jonathan was right that I never really have done a show directly on living your soul's purpose. And so I'm going to endeavor to do that today. So I should probably get at it. So we are live right now, um, live and in person. And if you have questions about today's show topic, you are invited to call in at 512-772-1938, or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site. There's a little Skype button you can click, or you can email me and I'll read your question on the air. Um, I am at Christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And I'm going to just take a moment and apologize to everyone about how woefully... um, Not up to date, my website is at the moment. I know it's creating a great deal of confusion and I apologize. Um, I need to give that task to someone else because I am not able to keep up with it. So anyway, for those of you that are interested in the upcoming Ancestral Healing Training, it is in March. You can register right now through the calendar for March on the website. That is current. You are also able to register for the April Journey Circle. Um, uh, I'm sorry, journey, basic journey in class. Those two classes are um, correct and you can register through the website. Um, and I apologize for the confusion and will do my best to get the website up to date as soon as possible. Um, okay, so with that said, back to our show topic today, which is our soul's purpose. And our soul's purpose is unique. This is not karma that we are talking about. We are talking about our soul's unique purpose. Finding it isn't actually the point. Living it is. And in some sense, finding your soul's purpose is the least of your problems. Now, I know that sentence alone will irritate many of you, but bear with me here. Because basically, your soul's purpose is here. It's present in your body. Um, It already exists. So the issue is not so much finding it as learning to get out of your own way to reveal it. And so herein lies the adventure and all of the challenges. So we have several several shows on this and one specifically on how do I find my soul's purpose. I believe that's even the title of the show, something like that. Um, But now we have this question or a number of questions from Jonathan. And Jonathan says, um, you've talked a lot on, in some shows about how to discover your life's purpose and how to make choices that will allow you to manifest it in this world. What I haven't heard so much about is how to walk the line between the rules um, the old system upholds and the new systems we are creating. So how can I bring about the new world and live in this one? 
And this question is very timely since, of course, my whole focus for the last several months has been how do we become the people who write the story of the people at this time? Um, well, we actually already are doing that, but how do we become the people who do it wisely? How do we become the people of legend? So Jonathan's question again then is how do I bring about the new world and live in this one? And to be honest, um, I've never really been one for rules in spite of my deeply Capricorn nature. So I may not be the best person to be asking this question uh, or to be trying to answer it. Uh, My basic principle since departing the corporate world at 28 years old has been to create something over here that is other than what is over there and that people who like what I've created over here can come and play with me. And it's really pretty simple. Um, I got that I didn't want to change the system when I said no thank you to medical school. So the idea of being part of the system to change the system is not a false idea, but I realized that it wasn't the right path for me. And so I've really just simply focused on creating what I wanted to create over here and let the old system just carry on over there. So my simple answer to the basic question of today's show is that I live in the real world to the best of my ability and not in the story. I try to follow the rules of the energies that lie under the surface and doing just that, trying to live in the real world, the one that is under the surface of things and to follow the rules of the energies there, that pretty much takes all I have to offer. Uh, So I don't have a whole lot left to follow the rules and regulations of the stories of the people. I don't don't actually care much, to be honest, but I don't have the energy actually to care. Um, As I've stated many times in many shows, I'm I'm a flawed individual. I seriously lack patience and tolerance for boredom. Consequently, I have always considered rules for the most part stupid and believed that they were there to be broken or bent in some clever way that you could get away with. So for me, since I was a child, everything other than please, thank you, I'm sorry, speak the truth, be honest, kind, and courageous, you know, anything other than those things was basically a rule or regulation designed to manipulate. And I hate being manipulated. So I'm not big on following the rules or the regulations that are not aligned with greater truths. So stopping right here would be a very short show, however. (laughs) So let's review the basic soul's purpose facts that we have covered in other shows. And then let's talk about what it takes to live them. And as we do that, however, keep in mind... What is going on here is you learning about the power of being a living human being and the power is about choice and you get to choose where to focus your energy, what rules to follow, what to care about, what not to care about. And what I have found over time, in spite of my panic and concern and fear in the beginning, That what I do not give my energy to, what I do not believe has merit or value, what I do not feel has heart or meaning, and thus I don't believe in it, 
it loses power in my life. Now, I don't mean that in a fantastical way. It's not like it just disappears. You know, I get that there's a lot in the world that needs to be changed. However, I also understand the power of the things that directly impact my life is completely relative to what I choose to believe in. And so as I have uh, grown through my experience and my growing trust to believe in shamanism, to believe in the spirit world and to trust my relationship with the spirits, to trust my own soul's purpose, to trust myself, as, I, as my belief in these things has grown, the power of those things has grown. And as my belief in other things in life has waned, the power of those things over me in my life has waned. And that is a very, very important thing to understand. Because if I can coalesce my own power and be supported by the power of the things that I believe in, then I am better able to function as a change agent in the world. And so that, that awareness underlies every conversation you will ever have, or it should underlie every conversation you would ever have with anyone about living your soul's purpose. Because it strikes that balanced place between being grounded with your feet in reality and understanding that your actions need to happen in reality if they are to be effective. And yet at the same time, to not buy into the story reality, but to truly stay grounded in the real reality underneath the surface. And so it allows our actions to be informed by spirit. It allows our soul's purpose to emerge, but it does so in a real way not a fantasy or delusional way. Okay. So the basic review then is that, um, well, as we all know, the cycle teachings, the four year, uh, four years of teachings that I offer focus entirely on living your soul's purpose. Um, they use shamanic skills and in that it's an, it's a shamanic training. It introduces you to shamanic cosmology that will support you in living your soul's purpose. And I personally believe is necessary to live your soul's purpose, but that's my bias. Um, these, these teachings explore where did we lose our soul's purpose? Why did we lose our connection to it? And more importantly, how do we reforge our religion, our, our original relationship with our soul's purpose? So this work, this four years, is really the work of reforging the original relationship with the authentic self. And the authentic self is the part of yourself who knows your purpose, who holds the code or the blueprint for why you are here. Betsy Bergstrom calls this the true self. And he or she um, not only knows your purpose, but also he or she will abandon you into soul loss before abandoning your purpose. So it's important to understand that, that this aspect of yourself will not allow your purpose or the blueprint for your life to be harmed, changed, or diverted in any way. So this work um, 
is about reforging that relationship with that aspect of yourself. Um, and it's important to understand that no matter what has happened in your life, um, all that has done is changed your relationship with this aspect of yourself. But that aspect of yourself has not been destroyed or wounded or harmed. Um, that aspect of yourself still has the code unharmed and complete. And um, so there are three fundamental things um, that we must accept if we are going to choose a life that is aligned with our soul's purpose and choose it day, day in, day out, again and again and again. So first, we must accept that we are energy beings. And that which is apparent is not all that is going on. And so if we're going to live our soul's purpose and understand that we are energy beings that need to be tracking what's going on below the surface of things, as well as paying attention to reality, then we will need skills to do that. And while we all have the intuition to do that, um, to do it masterfully, we need to develop the skills to be very clear and precise in our questions and in the receiving of our answers. With that said, we will also need to cultivate, to gather and cultivate energy for our own well-being. So we must tend the energy body in the same way that we need to be take care and discernment in feeding our physical body. We must cultivate and tend our energy body in the same way that we need to be careful about the stories that we feed our mind. All of these things are important because it's all energy. And we must be aware of that at all times if we expect to live our soul's purpose. And so what this leads to then basically is understanding that if we are to live our soul's purpose in the daily way, it will require that we learn the basics of living well, the skills, the skill basics of living well, and that we do them as regular or daily practices. It's, it's a given. There's just no way around that. Another fundamental thing that we must accept is that um, the energy in our universe manifests in two modes, basically, um, and that this energy needs to be constantly moving between these modes to support life. So this is the, the complementary dualism that I have been talking about, and, and, and in particular, how that was believed to be an antagonistic relationship in the old story. So for those of you that want to live your soul's purpose in the new world, you must accept the energetic reality of complementary dualism and understand it such that you can apply it to your life the way shamanic peoples did as an everyday practical understanding of the energies of the life around them. And then finally, we need to set accept that as human beings, the thing we're here to do is to express our soul's purpose. It's not a job description, the purpose. It's not a job description. It's an energy that can be expressed creatively in many different ways. So what we're choosing is a vehicle. What am I going to do in my life that allows me to express my soul's purpose? So parenting should be a vehicle for expressing your soul's purpose not a reason you can't live your soul's purpose. You know, for me, uh, medical school was potentially a way to live my soul's purpose. Would not have been a good one for me. Um, but it's perfectly lovely for others. Um, the next one was dancing. It was a very passionate vehicle, but not a terribly good vehicle for me. 
for me, shamanism became the next expression, the next vehicle that I chose as an expression of my soul's purpose. And so the soul's purpose energy doesn't change. The vehicles we choose to express it may change. We also may have multiple vehicles at any time because we have many facets of our life and we would hope that we are expressing our soul's purpose to the best of our ability in all of these facets. So what our listener says about all of this is, as I listen to more and more shows and to really try to practice these ideas in day-to-day life, I understand both your teachings and my life more deeply and what it really means and looks like to pursue one's purpose. I have taken risks I never thought possible to follow my wild heart. I left a job, a partner, and a safe life to be able to do this work, and I feel irrevocably committed to a life of fully living, what I understand as my soul's purpose. So the question is, you know, now that I've done all of this, how how do I keep this up day to day? And so just so that we're all on the same page for the shows that we've already had, understand that this doesn't work with that sort of new age promise, do what you love and the money will come. You know, do what you love and it will all happen for you. While those may be spiritual truths, they're somewhat abused by this sort of new ageism channeling intuitive energy body stuff that is all around us. The truth is to live your soul's purpose takes great courage and creativity, willingness to be joyful, willingness to be ravaged by grief and sorrow and loss. I mean, you have to live to live your soul's purpose. And so living your soul's purpose will require healing from the path you have already walked to get to this place where you feel you found your soul's purpose. Because we are all emerging out of the old story, we all have healing to do. And we have healing we need to do because the old story keeps us from living in a new way. So living your soul's purpose will also require warriorship, continuous and unflagging spiritual warriorship, which can be translated into feeling, learning to feel your real feelings of yourself as a spiritual adult and having the courage to go through the still hanging around old feelings of the child as a means of rediscovering yourself. And it takes great courage to do this work, but it is necessary Uh, That warriorship is required to cultivate and maintain your right relationship with fear and to discern the truth in the midst of all of the input you are getting every day from within yourself and from outside of yourself. Living your soul's purpose will require that you release the stories of who you are and how the world works. And this is critically important. These are the stories of power and you must let them go to find the teacher within And surrender to the one true story of your oneness with all things and the uniqueness of your expression of that oneness. So living your soul's purpose will require that you envision yourself doing something and being someone who has never existed before. And at this point, your relationship with the truth becomes paramount because the greatest uh, distraction from living our soul's purpose, the way we can get away with not doing it is having fantasies and delusions of what it is and throwing our energy 
uh, down that rabbit hole again and again and again. So as Jonathan writes uh, in his email to me, um, he speaks of the fact, the simple fact that our lives are often a great web of responsibilities, expectations, potentially addictions, and certainly distractions um, that create conflict in our hearts and may rob the clarity in our minds. In that tension between who you have been and who you are becoming, one hesitates to act. And loses confidence that there was ever true guidance at all. The secret is remembering that we have only one true responsibility, which is to live our soul's purpose. And our life experience is relative to that purpose. And I mean everything is relative to your soul's purpose. Everything from what causes your own soul loss to what stirs your passion. All of it is relative to your soul's purpose. So no matter the situation that arises on your journey of living your purpose, we always have the most power to create change on ourselves in the moment. And this means a few things. And the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up, other than the fact that it's critically important, is that we're talking about the dailiness. We are talking about the moment. We are talking about what do you choose to do when you've committed yourself in your life to your soul's purpose what do you choose to do each day? And so the first thing is to choose to orient yourself with, to the understanding that everything is a gift for your own transformation. Everything in my life is a gift for my own transformation. And since I have the most power to create change on myself in the moment, I would try to transform myself first. Again, because that's where you have the most power to affect change in the world is on yourself in the moment. So try the transformation there first. If issues remain, change the world. And it is really that simple. I didn't say it was easy, but it is that simple. Everything is a gift in this great conspiracy of our soul and our life to get us to live our soul's purpose. And we must understand that the fact that things are perfectly part of this great conspiracy does not mean that things don't need to change. Don't be knuckleheaded about this everything is perfect truth because it is a spiritual truth. And it does not mean that things don't need to change. It does not mean that the fact that people faltered and didn't act in time so some experience wasn't able to happen, it doesn't mean that that's perfect. It doesn't mean that that outcome is perfect for the greater good, for example. What it means is that it's perfect for those people to have an opportunity to look at why they hesitated and faltered. So it's very important to be very careful with the spiritual truths that are now abundantly ripe in people's lives for abusing. Okay, so... The, the question around this whole issue for ourselves um, is what really needs to change. So around this whole everything in life is a gift, everything is perfect 
Um, so therefore, what do I need to do in this day towards living my soul's purpose? This thing that needs to transform, this, this challenge that I'm having as a contemporary person in the contemporary world with contemporary responsibilities like paying my electric bill so that my computer still works, so that I can connect through the internet to my spiritual community or whatever, that the question around how to transform the challenges in your life, the first answer is you. The first answer is, how do I change myself? What is this challenging incident in my life reflecting back to me for me to discover, to change in myself? Um, and there are skills needed to do that. And there are many, many skills out there, and most of them don't work very well. And I'm not trying to be bitchy about that. But we, live, we have lived in a time from the old story where people were desperately encouraged to not feel. And so we've developed many quote-unquote clearing skills that clear the upset of the moment. And that is contrary to the shamanic perspective, which is to, to grasp the upset in the moment skillfully as the guide on the path to the deeper source of the issue that needs to be addressed and transformed. And so if we get good at always clearing the upset in the moment because we want so desperately like children to always be in peace, then we lose the path to what really needs to heal. And so the first thing you need to do if you are truly committed to living your soul's purpose is learn an actual clearing skill like focusing and like the clearing that I talk about incessantly on this show that allows you to get to the actual energy that is the source of the upset, not the upset in the moment, but the source of the upset and to clear that. Now, once you've done that, you're clear then and you're back in the moment. So the next question is, what remains to be changed? So, for example, in the workshop I just got back from, the kinds of questions I teach people to ask because we work with our cosmology and the questions come right out of the cosmology is what part of myself, what part of the, the issue that I'm dealing with, depending on whatever it is that you're exploring, what part of this is in the shadow? Because if that energy is in the shadow a particular kind of transformation needs to happen to not only bring it out of the shadow, but to, but to transform it through love back to its original energy so that it can be, and to then forge a relationship with an ally. So there's three phases there if an energy is actually in the shadow. Another question we asked is what must die for me to do whatever? And this is a question um, that again asks what must I sacrifice to create the possibility for this new thing to happen in my life. Another question we asked is, what fears must I face to blah, 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 which reveals the deeper fears that keep someone from seeing or hearing or even noticing where the work is that really needs to be done. Another question we asked is, where am I righteous, positional, and attached to outcome? This is the, the, and these questions all come straight out of our cosmology. But this helps us to understand things we have, are treating as reality that are not. They are simply story. 
stories we have accepted, we have believed in, we've given power, and thus they've become part of our righteousness, part of the position in which we stand, part of where we are feel justified in being attached to outcome. These are surprising answers, but they speak to the source of what keeps us often from living our life. So given those answers, we then craft the path forward, which may begin with more journeying. But the point is, if you're going to live your soul's purpose, you must use your everyday life. Live in it. Live in your everyday life and use what arises to explore deeply into yourself and discover what needs to be gotten out of the way, basically, so that you can more fully live your soul's purpose. And when those energies are cleared and released, things in your life begin to flow. Now, things in your life will likely begin to flow before they're completely released because it's an ongoing process. But we are almost always what is in the way. Even if we're possessed, we still allow the possession. And so it always comes back to our choices, how we learn to uncover the, true, the choice we actually made and skillfully how we undo the choices we're no longer happy with the outcome from and successfully make a new choice. So there's this, so in living your soul's purpose, day to day, there is this whole transform yourself first thing. And I can't say enough about this. I cannot say enough about, you know, the, our soul's purpose flows from us freely if we can get out of the way. And I know people say, yes, but how do I live my soul's purpose? This is how. There is no yes, but. That our energy where we have the most power is to get out of the way of the purpose that is already present. And I cannot say enough about how easily the false self will distort your own healthy ego and keep the ego and adventure, whom we've talked about many times before, from freely walking the path in the day. Um, and that the false self allows the wounded child to hijack things, um, to, to keep these big shadow energies in the shadow so that we keep tripping over them. And so truly... An enormous aspect of living your soul's purpose is skillful clearing work, skillful and effective clearing work. We hugely underestimate the power of releasing, clearing, or simply killing off aspect of, aspects of ourselves to retrieve either space or energy to do something new. And this is a practice that will continue for the entire life. And understanding that this is the dailiness of walking the path of anyone's soul's purpose is really important. You know, it's, it's a beautiful and empowering aspect of being alive. To see clearly how you made all the choices that constructed your life. That you weren't a victim of anyone. No one else made the choices for you. That you chose it all. And that you have the power to unmake those choices if you choose to and to make new ones. It's really beautiful and it's simple and it's free. It doesn't mean all of it is easy, but it is beautiful, it is simple, and it is free. So finally on this little initial list I have here, uh, we have this remaining issue. So I change myself. I do that work. Things are still problematic in the world. 
what remains? Well, then the final issue is change the world. To act as a change agent, passionately committed to the process and utterly unattached to outcome. So this is where your soul's purpose comes in. It's not an altruistic gift to the universe. Your soul's purpose is a passionate effort to give to the world what it needs to heal, to grow, to be inspired, to emerge in its true potential. That our soul's purpose is, to, to express our soul's purpose is the highest state of service, really. So... Let's go to the wisdom of the four teachers here. Um, so our listener continues, and he says, I know I want to live in a city to open people's awareness to nature and their soul work. And to live in the city means money, gasoline, and other realities of this life that I need to deal with. How do I stay alive and connected when I need to drive a car or sit at my computer? So the wisdom of the healer says, accept your time your place, and your body as your choice. This is your time and your place. Your body is your vehicle for your soul's purpose. Every time has challenges. Every place has challenges. Accept yours and become skillful in using them to learn to be healthy and well. So at this workshop I just finished teaching, um, People were actually asking me a similar question about work, about their, their sort of money jobs that they're doing to support their soul's purpose and when do they know they get to leave. And for me, had I been waiting to ever have enough money to leave, I'd still be in those jobs because they weren't very high paying. But I journeyed to ask. And um, what my helping spirit told me was that in this particular case that I needed to stay in that job until I could go through an entire month of days working without anyone pushing my buttons. And so I committed to doing that. And so every day I went to work, it was like bowing into the dojo. And that was my practice, to be in that room filled with people, um, working in the costume shop, and to not uh, – and to – clear everything that arose as my buttons got pushed so that I could end up being in there with those people without any buttons being pushed. And as soon as I did that, everything changed. Everything in my life changed and allowed me to make the transition from having to work the money job to being able to do the shamanic work in a way that it was the financial support of my life or it brought in the financial support of my life. So I think the thing to really explore here is also issues of survival. What is a true issue of survival and what is the bullshit you tell yourself? Every time we cryers, every time on the planet requires that every adult solve their own issues of survival in their own time. But ask yourself, what is a true issue of survival? We express deep denial that shapes our sense of what we need to survive. But is that the story you tell yourself true? There are so many moments in the day that the wounded child is driving the car and his or her fear is the voice on the GPS navigating. We switch into that mode constantly throughout the day without even noticing that the wounded child is driving the car. And the fears are navigating. We have got to grow up around survival to get sober 
about this issue and to make good choices. Back to what I said in the beginning, you do not have to play by the rules and regulations of the story. You can make your own if you understand the real energies. And the truth of the matter is there's absolutely no harm in working. Working is a good thing. Working is good for people. Working is a piece of Aini, of the five elements that allow Aini to happen. Now, granted, ultimately, the work needs to be the work of your soul's purpose or the work that supports the work of your soul's purpose. You know, there's no problem with having a job. So we indulge incessantly based on our stories. Just indulge, indulge, indulge. What is truly needed to survive? Do you truly need coffee and a breakfast sandwich at Starbucks to survive? Do you really need that comfort food you know your body can't tolerate to survive this day? Here is where death becomes the ally. People focused on living their soul's purpose can easily slip into addiction and martyrdom relative to living the lifestyle of living their soul's purpose. And this is shadow behavior. There is no reason to martyr yourself to live your soul's purpose. And living your soul's purpose is not an excuse to not look at your addictions. So ask regularly for what needs to die to step out of either addiction or martyrdom. And actually, Jonathan even asks, how do we deal with things like addiction to electronics and devices and the things that even the most enlightened soul warrior must struggle with? Don't struggle with it. If you can put it down, do. If you can't put it down, it's an addiction. And it needs to be dealt with as such. Don't create an entire life of gray area. We have to understand addiction as what happens when our love for our true life is diverted. And I bless my young drug addict boyfriend truly for showing me that it wasn't about his addiction. It was about all of mine. And mine didn't need a dealer because they were all supplied in my own head. We must have scathing clarity about what is actually an addiction in our own lives and zero tolerance. So once we name it what it is, then we need compassion and skillful attention to transform this. And by the way, there's a show about addiction. But addiction is precisely what we did instead of our soul's purpose in the very beginning that set up the pattern. So these two things, living your soul's purpose and addiction, are mutually exclusive because that's where addiction comes from, from not living your soul's purpose. So you can't do both. So deal and deal now. Death is your ally. Journey to death and ask for help. How do you help this addiction to die? So the wisdom of the warrior says that the moment you blame another, even blame your time or your fate or the oil companies or the political system, whoever you blame, the moment you blame another, your destiny turns away from you. There is nothing in your time 
that drives you from your soul's purpose. You do. We step away from our soul's purpose. Nothing makes us do that. Everything here is a reflection of our own inner world. I mean, think about two of the great men of our time, Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King. They came to some of their greatest wisdom in incarceration. So nothing drives you from your soul's purpose but you. Even in, even in incarceration, these two men deeply evolved in their soul's purpose and left great gifts and legacies to the people of the planet. So everything is a reflection of our own inner world. And that reflection reveals either our beauty or where we are in denial of our beauty. And that is all that there is. So on the path to your destiny then, choose your battles. And this is really important. For example, I have spent times of my life totally car-free. In fact, the more urban my life, the more car-free I become. I have also spent times of my life with cars. And the whole issue isn't one I choose to fight at the moment. Now, that doesn't mean that it isn't a battle that needs to be fought. It is just not an expression of my soul's purpose to fight it. So if you choose to use something in your life, like for me, my car, accept it fully. Don't plug in all of your electronics to charge overnight and then fret all night about nuclear power or worse, complain about it. If that's your battle, change the world effectively and skillfully with the help of spirit. If it's not your battle, let it go in a way that leaves the smallest carbon footprint that you can. Choose your battles. Whether or not I have a car has always been a choice made in service of my soul's purpose. What car I have is in service to my soul's purpose. Again, it's not the battle that I choose to fight, although I choose the most energy-efficient car that I can find at the time, just to focus on cars as an example. But we need to stop treating things like money, guns, cars as evil in and of themselves. Either choose to use them and stop fretting, or don't use them and make that be the path of your soul's purpose and change the world. If we all surrendered to our path and part of our path involved changing a part of the world, the world would be a very, very lovely place. So the warrior's unique medicine is this medicine about transformation. It's not transformation through death. That's death's medicine. It's the transformation through love to make the enemy the ally. Everything can be transformed. And warriorship is the daily practice of engaging in that transformation. And it's your job in the warriorship of your life to discern and choose your battles and fight those battles in a way that expresses your soul's purpose. And do not fret about those things you have decided are not yours to change. There is something that is here for you to change with the manifestation of your soul's purpose. That's the thing you'll have the most power to change and will change with the greatest inspiration and the greatest well-being for you. 
do that. Do it with all that you have. And do not waste your time fretting about other things. If you're going to use them, use them. If you're not going to use them, don't. But don't waste the energy that needs to go towards your soul's purpose, fretting about how screwed up the world is. Choose your battle and go in with skills and make a difference in the world. That's, that's all there is, is what you can do with the life you've been given. So issues like guilt, shame, expectation, even most of the responsibilities that we feel, they are fictitious. And I mean this in perhaps my most bitchy stance I can possibly take. This drama we have crafted for ourselves is a fiction. Not that we don't feel them. Not that they are not driving our action, but now we're back to the wounded child driving the car with your fears as the voice on the GPS navigating. Guilt, shame, expectation, most of the responsibilities we think we have are fictitious. We feel them, but they are like those emotions at the movie created by the soundtrack. They are false for the most part. These feelings are generated by stories. And the stories are a waste of energy. The first time that it happened was real. And your emotions that time were real. That is what needs to be honored and addressed. Every single time that story has run in your life after that fact is a story. And it is an illusion. And that which it creates in your life is a fiction. And you cannot afford fiction if you are living your soul's purpose. Your soul's purpose requires all of you. And you cannot give yourself so freely to the story. You cannot give yourself so freely to the fiction that you must choose to write the story yourself as a spiritual adult in the world who has chosen to live his or her soul's purpose and all of your resources must go towards that effort in the many ways you choose to live your soul's purpose. And every time these old issues arise, this is an opportunity from the blessed conspiracy of your soul and your life to get you to see the aspect of yourself you have left behind and reclaim it and let the old stories go. Finding and living your soul's purpose is your one true responsibility. So why would you feel anything other than great about living your one true responsibility? Why? Because you believe the stories more deeply than you believe the truth. The truth of your oneness with all things. The truth of your responsibility to live your soul's purpose. And this takes us back to clearing again. And so if we understand, if we come into right relationship with the real energies, oneness, with the real reason we're here, soul's purpose, and the real story of the people that comes out of nature, which is Aini, which is how we keep the energies moving so there is abundance for all things, 
When we believe in that, for me, that's equivalent to believing in shamanic principles. It all works. And those things grow stronger. There is no shame, no guilt, no responsibility for things other than living our soul's purpose in a way that is good for all living things. There are no expectations other than living your soul's purpose. And that is the only true path for our energy and that everything else is wasted on fiction, on story, on repetition, on addiction, and on martyrdom. And you must choose. So I guess the wisdom of the teacher and the wisdom of the visionary may have to wait until another day. But there are questions here that are perhaps have a simple answer. What about grief around not living the way that you want? So grieve. Have a grief ritual. Grieve it and move on. There's many things in life that happen that we don't want. There are many losses. Grieve them and get on with your purpose. So what about money? Understand money's your right relationship with money and what money truly is. There's nothing wrong with money. Money doesn't do anything. It just lies around. We do things with money. There's nothing wrong with earning money. Money's not a problem. We're the problem. And what about the need to be professional or appropriate? Well, I've had an re- experience recently of going to the Academy Award movies and the popular movies and really realizing that for me, there are no sympathetic characters in the movie. Precisely because I no longer have a lot of belief or power in the whole need to be appropriate, need to be professional. Because for me, being professional and being appropriate is entirely defined by are you living your soul's purpose? Are you doing the right thing in your job, in the world, whatever it is? Are you living from your heart in a way that is courageous and is passionate in your job at the bank or at the oil company or in Congress or parenting your children? That's all that matters is are you doing what you've come here to do and in what quality are you doing it? There are no other expectations. There are no other appropriatenesses and there are no other professionalisms. The rest is story and it's an old story and it's a story of a very bitter, lonely old man. And that story was driving us to the brink of extinction. It is not a sustainable story. So why would any of the roles and expectations and emotions that come out of that story matter at all to any of you anymore? We have seen that old story for what it is. And we chose to be here now to be the writers of the new story. If we are going to write that story in a way that our descendants speak of us with honor, with respect, with gratitude, then we must understand in the center of everything I've been talking about today is love. 
not selfish love, not personal love, because frankly, those bankers that made all those really crappy decisions for all of us, they love, they love their stuff, they love their life, they're just propagating that. It's selfish love. What we need is to understand the big love and the true love that comes out of it, to truly love life, to love what is emerging from us so deeply that we will transform any fear, any shame, any guilt. We will grieve any loss to do what brings the greatest love out of our hearts. This is why we were born to be here today living, to bring that love to the world, each of us uniquely through our soul's own true purpose. So I give profound thanks to the spirits that help us on that journey. And I give thanks to the spirits that have helped us this day, the ancestors for gathering round, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Next week, our guest will be Alex Stark, who will talk to us very practically about how we live in right relationship with the earth and realistic and effective ways that we can protect and support nature to create vital and good life for all living things. So thank you, everyone, for joining me. Have a great week.